0: Good morning. Uh Uh-oh.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus. Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody this morning. Hopefully you're having a good morning so far. You having a good morning so far? Yeah? Just give me a thumbs up. I was looking at the babies over there. Are they having a good morning this morning? Sometimes that dictates how the parents' morning is. Is how the babies are, right? Yeah. So... Well, look, if you, if you, uh, when, when we leave today, we started working yesterday on the uh, covering there, the awning for the bus. We parked the bus under there, and so we've got the beams up, just about all of them. There's one more beam to put up, and uh, then we're going to grab our tin from the back that we saved and start putting that up. But, uh, man, listen, I want to say thank you to everybody that came and worked on that part of the project because that was a lot of work. At Titty and them, they designed it. And got all the metal together, and then we had everybody here that was that was able to come. I know some people had things going on, but, you know, cutting, and everything's welded together, and it's going to be a nice area. We were looking at it yesterday. You know, when you got the barbecue pit set, it's... It, how tall does that thing go, Tootie, on the bus? 14. 20? Oh, 14 feet to the top, so that's all big and open, Then you got all that other area that's covered up, so we can do things outside. Under that... You know, like the men one time, we were out there barbecuing. It started raining on us, so we all got under that one little thing. Well, now we got a whole area. You know, the women can get out there and do things if they want to barbecue. I know women like to cook, too. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for doing that. But, you know, if you see Glendon, I don't know if you know Glendon Norman or not, uh, tell him thank you because he let us borrow the scissor lift. You know, so that saved us a few hundred dollars right there just in that uh, alone. And so say thanks to him. But, and then inside, man, look at the, I love. I plugged the lights in this morning. So I think it looks cool having the lights on in there. And uh, so, you know, they did a great job. Now, they were going to do more decorations out in the foyer, but I asked them not to. Because every week we got to pick all that stuff up and fog and disinfect. And all those decorations and tablecloths make it more difficult. Because now I have to fog here and here and here. And keeping it plain right now is safer. But we, we already got the Christmas tree pulled out so we can work on that later. And uh, listen, the ladies got up into the flower room. Tammy, you wouldn't recognize it. It has a walkway. And it's completely organized. And they can tell me, this is this, this is this. this." And we can see the air condition inside there. (laughs) Hallelujah. There's an air condition in that room. I was just praying that it never broke. Because if it ever broke, we couldn't get to it. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so the ladies did all of that. You know, there was just so much stuff. I know they did organizing in the back. So, man, it was just a lot of things going on. Thank you guys for, for being here and coming. I know some of you couldn't come, but that's okay, you know. Uh, and, yeah, and you know what? But we're going to do some more. We've got to still do some other things around here. But it's just, you know, just making the changes. Uh, now, don't forget, in a couple weeks, on Tuesday, what do we got to do? On a Tuesday in about nine days, Vote. Or go vote early. I would say vote early, vote often, but that's illegal. So I can't say that. I always want to say that, like vote early, vote often, but we can't. That's illegal. So, uh, but definitely go vote, because remember, if you don't vote, you can't complain. Okay? Oh, early voting ends Tuesday. So let's make sure we do that, guys. Whew. All right, let's grab your bulletin. There's a couple things I want you to see real fast in there. Doom, doom, doom. Revival weekend coming up, it's going to be on Halloween night, and then November 1st. So Halloween night, we're going to be in here worshiping and praising God. Pastor Evangelist Donnie Flippo, our former pastor, is going to be here. I'm telling you, you want to, you want to come. If he, if he has half the energy he used to have, it's going to be an amazing time. i said before that we used to travel with him when he would go and do things, and I remember after him preaching the uh, United Pentecostal camp meeting, he sat down And he got up and the pew was wet. He had water coming off the bottom of his jacket, you know, and so the man can preach. So make sure you invite your friends. We're going to be here Saturday at 5. We're going to come in. We're going to worship. We're going to praise. We're going to do all that stuff, and we're going to come back Sunday morning. But remember what happens that night? The clocks go back. You get an extra hour of sleep. So if you show up to church, you get an extra hour of sleep. I don't think it works that way, but it sounds good. Uh, yeah, so set your clocks back because you're going to get an extra hours of sleep. So that means you can come to church and still be rested for the next day. See, it all works out. This is great, man. This is great. So don't forget also that November 15th is coming quickly. We're going to have the sign-up sheets out there next week. We're doing our Thanksgiving meal, as we always do, right? But we've changed it. We've changed it for those that, that maybe have not heard the spiel yet. What we're going to do is we're going to have a sign-up sheet out there. Your name and how many people in your family are going to participate. And we're going to have two columns. I'm going to stay or I'm going to take mine to go. We're having plate lunches done this year so that we don't have to worry about somebody being sick, bringing a dish, and everybody getting it. So we've got Panorama Food that they're doing all our plate lunches for us this year. We're going to have that in the back. And so what will happen is is if you say, hey, I've got, you know, me and four, okay, we're going to set some tables up and try to separate them out, and we'll have your plate lunch setting on your table with your name, with, some, with the water there. We're going to have all that stuff for you. If you're going to take yours to go, we'll have an area where we can give you your plate lunch and you can go home if you don't feel comfortable staying. So we're, we're still going to have Thanksgiving, but we're going to do it the safest we can do to make sure that we're not fighting against the government out there you know, and, and what they're asking. But now here's the only thing that I'm asking, if you can listen to this. If you don't feel comfortable staying and you're going to take your meal home, don't say me and five people and only one of you show up. Invite them to come so they can get the meal, right? If you've got people now, if they can't come for something, let me know. We'll make it work, you know. But, but don't say, oh, well, I got five of us in the house and, and only one of you show up. We want this to be an outreach also. But we need to know how many people are going to come, okay? We need to know. So we'll have the sign-up sheet out there next week for that. Uh, so you guys can start signing up because we still want to have Thanksgiving dinner. We like to eat around here, you know. Uh, I like to eat around here. So, so we got that coming up, guys. Don't forget also our weekly memory verse, Psalms one thirty nine fourteen. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Psalms one thirty nine fourteen. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It's a good one to memorize. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Listen, that is a good one to memorize. Amen. So there's more things in the bulletin, but we're going to get to that when I, when I do the sermon today. Uh, so right now I want to talk to you about giving. I want to tell you about an experience that, that I had. I'm going to tell you just a, a brief part of it. Uh, I'm not going to go into all the details. But, but can I tell you that, that God has your, has your situation in mind? He has your interest always in mind, right? He's always thinking about those things. And, and you know what? When you're a tither and a giver, that opens doors to things. It does. It doesn't mean that, that God is not take, concerned about you when you don't give. But let me, let me tell you this. I sold a car this week that, that we had. I was willing to take a loss to help out a Christian family. Now, I wasn't still losing money, but they said I should sell it for this much. I discounted it down a lot to help out a Christian family that was from the leesville Deritter area that I met online. And you know what? I was like, you know what? I, I, I think these people need this car. So we went around and kept going back. Well, I had to travel for a couple days. We came back. They come over here. I run into somebody that day out in town. And I, hey, what you doing? We just got in a the conversation. They said, well, how much are we going to sell it for? And I told them. Well, look, I'm going to write you a check for that. You give it to them. Huh? So I got the full amount that I was trying to sell it for. Even though I was willing to take a loss, God gave me the full amount. And then he blessed this young couple. I wouldn't say the guy's 25. They lost their house, and they told me the rest of the story. They lost their house and car in the hurricane. And their church got destroyed. And their pastor let them borrow the money to come get a car. And he's got a good job. See how God is... Is, is putting things together. Now, here's the flip side of it that you probably haven't thought about, and I did. I saw this. See, this is the whole thing about sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is, is so powerful. When they called his pastor, his pastor was speechless. Pastor just lost his church. I know what it's like to have your church damaged. Like, we had a half a million dollars worth of damage here. And I was only here like three months, two months maybe. I don't even know. I know how that feels, but I don't know how it feels to go through that. So here it is, one of the people in your church, you've been teaching faith, and God comes and does this. So imagine now the faith, that pastor, he just got a shot, didn't he? God is still taking care of people. And I wonder what that pastor's preaching on today. Right? So, so that one act of kindness by somebody... Blessed me, blessed them, gave a steroid shot of faith to the pastor who injects it into the congregation. How far can that go? You see, we don't always pay attention to what we're doing, but you know what? Sowing and reaping works. God never forgets us. He never forgets us. And I I shared that with you today, Not, not to get you to give a bunch of money. I shared that with you because it was an amazing opportunity for me to watch the hand of God move. And see it go down the road, and how it is blessing people. And so, you know what? As you give today, if you have a need, tell God, I'm sowing this. I'm sowing it out of faith. I wasn't worried about the money I was supposedly losing. You know why? I knew I was sowing into good ground. It didn't matter to me. It was not even a thought. Why? Because my body has been trained because of experience and because of the word of God. Because I'm a giver first and always a giver. Always a giver. Wendy gets nervous when I say, let me see the checkbook. And we're at a giving time. What are you trying to do? <laughs> well, I thank God is, You know, and we'll talk about it and pray about it and make sure. But you know what? I'm first and foremost a giver. And I make my living on my giving. Always. That's who I am. So I just wanted to bless you with that this morning to, to share that story with you. So listen, as we give this morning, guys, I, if you have a need, I want you to say, God, I'm I a faithful giver. Now, don't say that if you're not. <laughs> I'm a faithful giver, and I know what your word says. That you'll supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I know those things. May, maybe daddy needs to sell a couple cows because he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, right? It, it's, it's just, you know, when you get it inside there. So, you know, we're going to pray this morning. We, we have opportunity to give online, Or you can give in in the plates that we have out there. You can write it out. We still do checks and cash. We don't mind those. You can give those outside. You can do that after service. Pick up an envelope do that. Just put your name on there so we can make sure we document. Because you know what? The government does give you credit for that. Maybe not much anymore, but they still do. So let's pray this morning and we're going to move on to do some worship. I've talked way too long, but that's all right. I had to share something. My wife's doing this. No, babe, I'm okay. They're still (laughs) laughing. So let's pray. So Father, we thank you that we've been able to... To, to see your hand working this week. We thank you that we know you're working now in the midst of this house, God, in the lives of the people. We know that you're you're healing people, you're supplying their needs, you're opening doors, closing doors. You, you are at work in our midst, Father. And Lord, you love us so much. So today I pray you would receive these gifts as we bring, multiply them, use them around the world. Lord, have your way in, in our lives, Father, and continue to to challenge us to be givers so that you can get things to us. Lord, I thank you that these finances will be used here in this Mansura, Marksville area to reach the lost and hurting, but it also goes around the world, spreading the gospel of the good news of your son, Jesus. So receive these gifts today and smile down upon us, and we ask this all in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree with that, say amen this morning. Amen. Thank you for giving this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, I think I got to turn this on. Go back to the first song. That's for later. Hallelujah. <laughs> like, what? What? Anybody ready to worship this morning? Hallelujah. I got a few. Got a few. Whew. Jesus, come on, just raise your hands for a minute. There's faith in this place this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we just bless you. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, God. You are worthy. You are worthy to be praised. You are an amazing God. You are an amazing God. Ooh, Jesus. Mm, mm, mm. Go ahead, put your hands down for a second. Let me tell you something about this song. We're fixing to sing Friend of God. You know, when I was doing mentoring with with a pastor one time, he had me and a couple other men, and he said, Hey, I want you to do a five-minute sermonette on who I am in Christ. Okay? Next month we came together. We all said ours. He said, Okay, I want you to do a five-minute sermonette on who I am in Christ. We just did that. came together the third month. Guess what he told us? Hey, I want you to do a five-minute sermon on who I am in Christ, and you can't use anything that the other guys or you have used over the last few months. So either God shows you something new, or you got to walk in here and say, I don't know. So I went to the scriptures, and I ran across this one scripture. I am a friend of God. Who am I in Christ? Through Christ, I am a friend of God. I was like, hallelujah. The rest of the guys just kind of skirted by. I had revelation. Because you know what? I am a friend of God. I'm not at war with him. I am not at war with him. And he doesn't look down at me and, you know, and and cry over sin in my life and all that. Because he's forgiven me and he knows I'm his child. Amen. Amen. That's enough of that. Let's do this. Fellow friends out there, that's okay. You know what? When you're a friend to God, you learn some other things too, and we fix to sing about him. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let me get some water. Y'all better drink some water. You know, I, I pick at Matt back there all the time. I call him Mr. Clicker Man. You know, it's like, come on, Mr. Clicker Man, you ready? I just so appreciate him back there too, so. Come on, you believe that this morning? Jesus. Sounds like a few people here to worship this morning. Come on. Hallelujah.
0: praises to your name.
1: Gotta get quiet.
0: Okay. Praise.
1: Give him praise this morning. Come on, give him praise. Is he worthy? Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, give somebody a spiritual high five and tell them Jesus is worthy and our, our kids can go ahead and start making their way to the back. They can start making their way to the back and we're going to move on to some things. Hallelujah. It is good to see everybody this morning. Again, I want to say thank you to everybody that that was able to come out and help yesterday. It looks awesome. Hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Now Let me me get out of this and reload this. Make sure I got the right one. Yep, got it right there. Oh, thank you. Well, listen, I I just got to apologize to you now. This is gonna be a long sermon. Somebody decided that I needed glasses so I can see my notes. Actually, it was Actually I can't, but but I appreciate them giving them to me because I do have trouble reading up close. And it helps when it's right there. But when I step back, but I just wanted to pick up a little bit this morning. I ain't gonna tell you who it was, but that's okay. I appreciate them because, you know, there, there's times I'm working on stuff and it gets right in front of my face and I can't see it. But now I can. So it, it works to about right there. So, so I just wanted to pick at them this morning a little bit. But I do appreciate them because I promise you when I'm working on a car underneath and I got to get close, I will pull them on. <laughs> well, that was one of the other reasons why I wore a jacket this morning. So I put them inside here because so I want to make sure I had them. But I do love them. I thank you. Thank you for giving them to me. Hey, grab your bulletin because the very first thing we're going to look at is in your bulletin this morning. Uh, I don't, you know, it may actually be a long sermon. I don't know. There, there's just a lot of things God gave me. And, and I just, it started out very small, but I just kept going. So I wasn't sure um, how it was really going to end. Let me put these over here before I knock them down and break them. Uh, since I'm not used to glasses, I might do that. Look at what it says there in your bulletin. Uh, it says right here. You can't carry your cross in the world at the same time. We got it on the screen also. You can't carry your cross in the world at the same time. Isn't that an interesting statement? One has to be laid down to pick up the other. What are you carrying? This is a pastor friend I know out of, out of Oklahoma. And I was like, man, I, I, I love that statement because I know myself, I get focused on things. And it's like, I try to carry them instead of letting them down. But, it, but God didn't call me to, ca- to carry those things. He didn't call me to worry about those things. And if I'm supposed to be focused on what God has called me to do, I can't be focused on those other things. Now, we're going to talk about that a little bit more. But look at what it says right there in Luke chapter 9, 23. And he said to all, who? Was oh, okay. that you? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily to follow me. Does that mean only on Sundays? <laughs> am, Chip, am I allowed to step on toes on Pastor Appreciation Day? <laughs> y'all gave your presents already? No. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm just picking. trying to turn those ACs just a hair because I don't know about y'all, but it is definitely warm. I'm trying to. He said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now throw up the, the title slide. I got, I got a slide here for you I want you to see. Did I put that next? Oh, put what's next. So that's what happens. I got to make sure. Look at this. Yeah, I got to do this. Acts 47, 247. They praised God. They were respected by all the people. Every day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. This is people that picked up their cross. But this is only one of the verses. They praised God. They were respected by all people. Every day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. Now, anywhere in here, does it say they appreciated your message or didn't hate you because of the message? No, No, they respected them. You know why I think the respect was there? Because they weren't. It's Pastor Appreciation Day, so I'm trying to make sure. They weren't wishy-washy. They loved Jesus. They had committed to Jesus. They were following Jesus, and they did that on Mondays and Tuesdays. And even by Friday, they were still following Jesus. (laughs) Because they had church on Saturday, so that's trying to make sure. But they were respected, and and I believe that in this day and hour, we must be respected like that. They're not going to appreciate you telling them about Jesus. Just get over it. Just get over that, okay? Why you got to tell me about Jesus? If you listen to yourself lately, okay. But now let's go to the next slide. I want you to see this. Look at Matthew. Is that the next one I got in the list? Okay, because I got that one correct. I really should probably pull up my remote because I, I don't know why these are so off. Look at Matthew 28, 19. So you, that's who? Yes. Yeah, me. No, say me. me. Because if I say us, that's you. Me, personal responsibility, yeah. right? Oh, Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. <laughs> Just made me think. My, my oldest son, when he was young, I think it was him, Wendy. Where's she at? I don't even know where she's at. Was sitting behind me in his car seat and kept kicking my seat, driving down the road. And I'm tall. There she is. Hey, babe, I, you were over there last time I looked. I want to make sure I blame the right child. That was the oldest child, right? Okay, good. I don't want to blame Rylan and Rich, you know. And, and, and I'm tall, so my seat's all the way back every time I'm in a vehicle. You know? And he keeps kicking my seat. and I was like, son, you better stop. Or you're going to get a whipping. Well, Daddy, that's not me. That's my feet. And he's laughing. I said, well, I said, you better tell your feet to stop or you behind fixing to get a whipping. <laughs> I had to clarify. So that's why I'm trying to clarify us and me. Me. This is me. So me, I must go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Me me so he added daily they respected because those people followed and i have what's called the great commission i must go throw that next one up there for me look at the next verse teach them to obey everything i've commanded you and you can be sure that i'm always with you to the very end so where is all those commandments at basic instructions before leaving earth the bible the instruction manual. Now, unlike the manual that I used on a car that I repaired that didn't match, we never could get anything to line up according to the manual, this one always matches. Go to the next slide. Watch this. Does God still want to add to his church daily? Yes. Yes. Really? Yes. Go to the next one. Is his church being added to daily? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's really a tricky question, isn't it? In some places, I think it is. In some places, I'm not so sure. You know what's interesting? You, you can take an older established church. I'm trying to remember exactly what the numbers are, but it, it might be as many as 20 people have to witness to people before one person gets saved. Statistically. Statistically. But in a church that's less than like five years old, one person can lead like five people to Christ. What's the difference? You'd think the established church would have more programs, better discipleship, better all of these things. What is the difference? My opinion is complacency. Or it's somebody else's job. Is this church being added to daily? In some places. But I don't think all places I think sometimes it's, well, it's not my job I'm not called to be the pastor well it said me not pastor see go to the next slide for me that's why I basically titled this added daily I, I believe we we can focus the harvest field is ripe. people want to hear about hope people want to hear about the very hope you have because they're freaking out Trust me, just go online and on Facebook and you'll find all the drama you can handle for five lifetimes. People are freaking out. They don't know what to do. And the problem is even some believers don't, are, are, don't know what to do. And, and I hear about pastors walking away from the ministry. How, what was that number, Wendy? 700, I think it was, a month walking away. It was what, what he told. I'll verify the number, but it, it was a very high number. And these are people that know the Word. And you know why I think part of that is? And, and I, I said, it's kind of crazy how this thing went. I didn't plan on, on getting into some of this stuff today. But, but the problem is, is that the church isn't doing its job. They're relying on the person in charge to do everything, and it becomes a lot of pressure. And people put expectations incorrectly. Well, it's his job to go tell people about Jesus. Not, acor- not according to this, <laughs> Which this supersedes corporate bylaws all day long. It even supersedes your expectations. See, God has called us the church to share the gospel of the good news of Jesus Christ. That's what you do. But if you're always being flaky, if you're in the middle of a situation and you don't know what to do, don't come tell me. <laughs> you know, I remember not, again not being not growing up in a, a, a Christian home, attending church. I remember those hypocritical hypocritical Christians. You need to follow Jesus. And I saw them out in the club doing the same thing I was doing. And then I saw all the problems they had in their life. Listen, I don't have those problems in my life. Why? I want to be like you. (laughs) Every time I see you, all you do is tell me how bad it is and how the devil's beating you up. And he ain't bothering me. (laughs) Of course, the problem was I was going to hell and they weren't. Right? You see... I believe God still wants to add to his church daily, and I believe it is happening. But I believe the church in a whole has become very complacent in that. So I've got a couple things I want us to look at today. You go to the next slide for me, please. I want us to look at Acts chapter 2, starting verse 42. We're going to read down more of the story, more of the storyline. I gave you bits and pieces so you'd understand where it was. And now hopefully I'm back where I'm supposed to be in here. Well, I sat up there and I put it in, and it's like, yeah, that's a better flow, and I don't change my notes. So maybe I need to put my glasses on. It would help, but no, I don't put those on. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. I, I want us to literally take a look at this, and, and I believe we'll see a few things in here that you may not have noticed before. You may have seen, but today we want to look at it as a practical application in our lives. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Look at this. The believers studied what the apostles taught. They shared a life together. They broke bread and ate together, and they prayed. Just just this one slide right here. The believers studied what the apostles taught. Can, Can I tell you, we could probably adapt that to today to what the pastor taught or the teacher taught or the evangelist taught, right? Any mature believer that's teaching the truth of the word of God they believe, the believers studied what they were taught. They shared life together. In our culture today, it is so much different than their life, right? Because at that point, number one, there was no cell phones. They didn't have cars. They lived together, multi-generation. It was all these things, and their communities were so much smaller because they just couldn't jump in the car and go down the road. They had to go get a boat, or it was multi-day travel. And so a lot of things happened together. But in our life, we work forty plus hours a week. We've got all kind of television. We've got cell phones. We've got cars. We've got all of these things that keep us so busy. We have no time to study. So then we minimalize the study time, and as we minimalize the study time, what else happens? They're not sharing life together, and it continues down to where they're not even praying together, and it, it, it just—it's because of our society. But here's the thing. I believe there's still some ways to do that in our society today. I do. Go to the next slide for me, please. We're going to talk about that. Everyone felt that God was near. The apostles did many wonders and miraculous signs. Now, I I still believe that that there needs to be miracle signs and wonders following believers. But I believe a lot of that is the fact that we're not committing ourselves to the point and chasing holiness that God's like, listen, I can go get a donkey to do this, but you're not going to embarrass me out there. That's the way I put it. That's the way I put it. Why does God want you to allow you to use signs, wonders, and miracles following you when you ain't trying to follow Him and you're living a life full of sin, but you call yourself a believer? And in the song plays and we cry at the cross, and, but we're not trying to be holy. Keep going. Watch this. And all the believers were together. They shared everything they had. Again, their culture. Keep going for me. They sold what they owned. They gave each other everything that they needed. Again, the the culture. Every day they met together in the temple courtyard, in their homes. They broke bread together. Their hearts were glad and honest and true. Look at this. Hold on right there. Yep. Go back one for me. You know, I talk to people on the phone every day where we talk about life. We share Christ to each other. I don't have to be standing next to them anymore. I can pick this up. I may not be able to meet with them physically, but I can pick this up. It can be used this way. See, I told you, there's ways around this. There are ways around these things. We can meet together daily on the phone and talk about Christ. We don't always have to be glorifying our problems. Oh, here it is. Wendy found it for me. 1,500 pastors quit each month. 7,000 churches Close each year. Eighty percent of pastors feel discouraged. Ninety-four percent of pastors' family feel the pressure of ministry. Seventy-eight percent of pastors have no close friends. Ninety percent of pastors report working fifty to seventy-five hours a week. Can I tell you that this is the first church I've been at that I have friends? It's amazing. I have pastors that have no friends in their congregation, and I've always thought that was terrible. I have multiple people I call friends in this family right here, and I am so blessed by that. I'm telling you, because I I don't know churches that do that. They just, they don't. But 90% of, 97% of pastors have been betrayed, falsely accused, or hurt by their trusted friends also. That's why they don't have friends in their congregations. It's just a crazy thing, so let me get back to this. All right, go to the, every day they meet together, go to the next one. I don't want to spend all day on that. I'm going gonna, gonna to go back on these later. They praised God. They were respected by all the people. Every day the Lord added to their group those who were being saved. You see, the, the things that were taking place that led them to being added. They were living a lifestyle that was what? Pleasing to God. Amen. Amen. They, they lived a lifestyle that says, I'm picking up my cross. And guess what? I can't carry that cross physically. Would it take six to eight of us, good-sized, strong men, to put it on the wall? That's how heavy that is? Tootie did an amazing job on this thing. But you know what? I can't carry that cross in this physical body. But my spiritual body can carry that cross. And bigger. And when I'm not exercising my spiritual body, I can't wake up and carry my cross. Every little thing that happens, every pebble that's put in front of me, I'm going to stumble. I'm going to fall. And the world is watching. I had friends watching me. When you call yourself a Christian, what's going to happen when... And they would throw these rocks in front of me all the time trying to see what would happen to me. You see, all of these things have to happen. These are all the things that go in order here to help. So let's get a little bit more detailed. Go ahead. Pop up the first one. Added daily. Why is it that people were being saved daily then but not now? Watch this. What they saw as important... It's not important to us. See, these believers were willing to die for their faith. They lost homes and lands and everything else. When they followed Christ, they were no longer under the Jewish protection. They were walking away from that. They were willing to die to tell people about Jesus. We don't find that as important. Now, there's missionaries and people that do, right? Was it Smith's Wigglesworth that said that, that every day I want to lead one person to Christ? I think it was Smith's Wigglesworth that said that. And one night, it was late, he was sitting on a street corner crying because he hadn't led someone to Christ that day. And somebody walked up talking to him and led him to Christ. <laughs> he found it important. They, they saw things important then different than the way we are. Our importance level today is our job. Right? Our our job, we want our job to be important. You know, our, our family. We put so many things in front of following God. So many things in front of following God. Can can I give you the pecking order of things? Like if you're married, God? God, 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 he's probably the first five. Say that. And you've got your spouse and your family. What have I not said yet? church. Is church important? It is very important. But your family, your your spouse, God has called you to take care of your spouse, to be the head of the household, man. Step up and be the head of the household. Christ loved the church. You love your wife. We submit to God. But church is a little bit below that. Why is church a little bit below that? Because number one, I submit to him. And number two, he's going to want me to be in church. But we can't go to church and lose our families. Save the whole world, but lose. You see, I, I'm just trying to give you some balance in that because I've been through that before, and maybe that's for somebody. That's not in my notes, so that's free. Go ahead to the next one. Look at this Luke chapter 9, verse 23. You flip over to that. I want to show you this in two different translations. They saw things important that we don't, we see things important that they would not. The way that works. Then he said to all of them, If anyone wants to follow me, he must say no to himself. He must pick up his cross every day and follow me. Now, just thinking for a second, thinking for a second. All of a sudden, there's a revival that breaks out in the church. People are getting saved, and you're here and you're a part of the church and you want to help. Help to to talk to people, to pray to people. All these things are happening. And it happens to go on the first Saturday of the month of October. Uh Uh-oh, I heard one person. That's opening a squirrel season, if you don't know up here. I didn't know that when I moved here. Isn't that the first October of the month? Is that how it works? First Saturday, right. What's more important? (laughs) Yeah, don't say it. It's a personal fight. It's a personal fight for every believer. They would not have had a battle with it the way we do, right? Right? Sunday afternoon, Super Superwell Sunday. Do you schedule a church service in the middle of that when, when the saints are playing? It's a personal battle. Again, what they found important compared to us and vice versa. Now, I'm not saying which one's right or wrong. I'm just throwing things at you so you can think. You see, when we want to become a part of what God's doing, does the rest of this stuff matter as much? You know, when, when I stepped into ministry and began to serve the church, because that's what I do is I serve the church, there are times I don't get to do what I want to do. There are nights that I'm exhausted I have to get up and go do something. But there's a reward out of that, and I never, I don't worry about it. I just go do what, what needs to be done. There's, there's people you have to minister to. Same thing with you. Because Can we tell you, you're pastoring your area that you live in. Your Jerusalem is your area, and you need to pastor it. I don't care if they're in church or not. You need to pastor it because you know what will happen? You'll begin to love on those people and you'll begin to share with them and they'll come to you when they have needs. Why? Because they see stability there that they don't have. Flip over to the next version. This is the, uh, the passion. Jesus said to all his followers, If you truly desire to be my disciple, you must disown your life completely, embrace my cross as your own, and surrender to my ways. Do we say, pick up the cross and walk with it? Well, I can pick it up, walk ten minutes, and sit down. <laughs> I walked with it, Lord. I read my email devotion this morning, and I'm done. But he says you got to truly disown your life. Why? Because it's not mine anymore. It was bought with a price. Bought with a price. All right, go to the next one for me. Watch this. Added daily. Their devotion compared to ours. Now, this is a tricky one, isn't it? What is their devotion? Is there another slide like this after that one? Okay, stay there. Their devotion compared to ours. They were willing to die for Christ. We say we would die for Christ, but honestly, would we? You know, like, like for instance, we, we cancel church when there's a bad storm coming. We do that out of safety. I don't think they would have done it. <laughs> we do that because we want to make sure people are safe. They're, they didn't have to drive down the road in the middle of a storm. You see, there's differences in all of this. But what is your devotion level to Christ? Is it you're willing to walk away from family or friends that are trying to pull you the wrong way? What is your devotion level? Theirs, they were willing to die. Why? Because they took very serious the, the commission, the charge that Christ left to them. He left the church the responsibility of sharing the gospel with the world. Watch this scripture right here. Acts 2.42. The believers studied what the apostles taught. They shared life together. They broke bread and they ate together and they prayed. You can do that in small numbers. And start building that devotion life up again. that, That commitment level up again. Look at this one in the other version. The passion. Every believer was faithfully devoted to the following, the teachings. Were they devoted to the, to the teacher, the apostles, or the teachings? Teachings. The teachings. We've got to be devoted to the Word of God and what He is teaching. We've got to be devoted to, to what God is doing in our life. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. I tell you, the craziest thing you find in churches is people bounce in and out all the time, jump into churches constantly. But but you should be connected to a body. God called us to be connected to a body. And, and you know what happens when somebody runs off and starts talking bad about you? It feels bad. Same thing happens in the church. Same thing happens in the church. I, I heard of a, a, a pastor the other day that, that had problems in their church. They shifted how they do service because during COVID, it's not working. They shifted how they do. One of the guys that's been there for a long time, he taught a lot on Wednesdays. He left his key and left. We ain't gonna get to teach no more because they shifted how they do things, even though nobody was showing up to his teachings. (laughs) Was he really connected? Probably not. He's only there for the opportunities. You see, we've got to be fully connected to what God is doing and not only there because of the good times. Because when the preaching gets hard, We'll go down the road. That guy makes me feel good. (laughs) Tickles my ear. Throw up that next one for me. Watch this. We must follow the teachings and teachers God has given us. Why is that important, the teachers? Anybody ever play sports? Did you really, really love your coach? Now you do. I hated my coach. I'll be honest with you. I hated that guy with a passion. But I coach track, and guess what? I do some of the same things he did because I figured out he was doing them because I needed them. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Teachers are there to teach you and to correct you. And sometimes they got to tell you bad things. You know what? In, when, I, when I graduated boot camp, one of the greatest moments of my life at that time of accomplishment is when my company commander, drill instructor, Walked up at the very end and shook my head and said, congratulations, good job. Whew. The guy that I was worried about, he was going to kill me every second that I was there. Even though he was this tall. I was just worried that he was gonna, I was just going to die because of this guy. The way he talked to me. and uh, But you know what he was doing? He was teaching me. And that was the method they used. I don't really like it, but it, that's their method. They had to get rid of the old rich Get the new rich in there that understood how the military works, and that when guns go off, you don't run away. When the ship starts to sink or there's a fire, what do you do? Down 911. No, baby, you, you are 911. And all of those things ingrained in that when we had a massive fire on the ship and there was only about four or five of us in the area, what did I do? I grabbed a hose and ran toward it until the firemen got there. <laughs> You see, we don't run from our teachers because God has given them to us to teach us, to help us to grow. Why? Because he wants us to be fully engaged with what Christ is doing. He wants us to to see everything that's going on. Look look at the scripture right here. Let me show you this. Ephesians 4.11. Look at this. He is the one who gave some of the gifts the apostles. He gave the, the gift of the prophet. He gave the gift of preaching the good news. The pastor the teachers, the evangelists, he gave all those gifts to the church. Why? To teach the church. Go to the next scripture. Look at this. He did it so that they might prepare God's people to sit on the pews and pay tides so they can have great air condition. Oh, no? Hold on. Let me read that. <laughs> he did it so they might prepare God's people to serve. To serve. That's why I can't just sit down in a chair. Even when I'm at, listen, even when I'm at another church service, man, and I'm sitting down at a chair, I promise you, the minute they hit that altar and start praying, it, listen, if any of you see me in other churches, where am I? One place. Right up here at the altar. I'm catching people. You know why? Because I want some of that anointing to spill over. <laughs> Maybe it hits me when I catch them. I just can't sit back. I can't. Why? Because I'm going to serve. Because who am I serving? I'm serving Him. And in return, I serve Whoever it is that's in front of me. Look at the next scripture for me. We're almost done. Come on. Almost done. That we'll continue until we all become one in faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, then we will be grown up in faith. Oh, boy. You want to know why we have so many shallow believers, Dave? Because they won't listen to the teachers when it gets hard. Won't listen to the teachers when it gets hard. Listen, my, my pastor that's going to come preach for us next week, I had an issue of my life. Called anger. And it only came out in certain pressure conditions when things would be just right. We called it the pressure cooker. Only certain, and I would get very angry. Very angry. But I thought it was just my personality how I was dealing with things. It's not what it looked like to the other people. And you know what he did one day? Me and my wife and him, we sat in his office, and as he called it, he taught me how to, he started picking at the scab, just slowly picking, saying things and doing things is he was led by the Spirit putting pressure, and he picked at that scab. And according to him, what he was doing was he was picking at that scab so he could see if there was any pus under it. And he picked at that scab. And when he got me there, you feel that, Rich? Yeah, I don't know what that is. I could run and say, "Nah, I ain't dealing with this. But I chose to say, I don't like this. Let's deal with this. Wendy was in tears of how he was talking to me and doing. Why? Because he was picking at that scab. Because I had something in my life that had scabbed over, and it was still an infection under that. It was affecting my walk with Christ. Teachers do that sometimes. Why? Till we all become one in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son. Then will we be grown up in faith. Pastor Flippo used to tell us this. He said, I'm tired of parting your mustache trying to put your bottle in. It's time we get off the milk of the word and get into some meat because some of us have been in church way too long. We memorized 500 scriptures and we still have no clue how to use them and we got to part their mustache to put the bottle in. That's what he used to tell them, I'm tired of parting your mustache trying to put your bottle in. And I told him he's got to come up with some new ones when he comes here because I've done used all of his old ones. Go to the next one for me. Watch this. We will then no longer be babies in faith. We won't be like ships tossed Wait a minute, remember back at the very beginning we talked about respect? People are steadfast, not tossed to and fro again. We won't be blown here and there by every new teaching. We won't be blown around by the cleverness and tricks of people who try to hide their evil plans. Remember in the last days that they will come and they will tell you, here's Christ, there is Christ. They'll come and try to teach you things that are not true. They'll make it sound good at the next. Well, that is the last one. They won't go in their evil plans. So listen, these are just a couple things. We've got to be rooted and grounded in Christ, rooted and grounded in love, rooted and grounded in His Word and faithful. Once you're rooted, you don't move. You're steadfast. You're steadfast in the Word. And the world will respect that. They might not like your message, but they will respect you. They will respect you. I remember we were talking to a a Muslim one time. And you know what he told us? Just a simple thing. He says, you know why we don't like Christians other than the obvious? (laughs) He said, because you disrespect your Bible. Yeah, y'all throw it around. We never throw ours around. Because this is the living word of our God. And it's like, ah. So you know what? If I'm witnessing to an area that's going to have Muslims... I'm going to make sure that I keep this word in a place that shows of respect and care while I'm witnessing to them. Because if I don't respect it well enough to just toss it in the chair, they won't respect it either. It's just simple things. All right, throw that last slide up there. Let me show you this. And we're going to pray. Adding daily? Yes. We need to be adding daily. Make it a goal. Can I find one person to tell about Jesus today? Can I find one person that I can share the testimony about what God has done in my life? Yeah, I think you can if you look. If you look and you listen, you will find opportunities everywhere you go. I'm not talking about preaching a 45-minute sermon, three points and a poem and all that stuff. I'm talking about sharing the love of Christ for what He did for you. Or if you listen, you might, you might be able to hear, oh, it sounds like they're going, you know, I've got a friend that went through that. And man, let me tell you what Jesus did for them. Can I pray with you about that? That's it. Well, that took a whole 10 seconds. Five minutes, depending on the way you pray. We always joke, I got a Baptist pastor friend of mine who, who prays for all the missionaries and everybody when we pray for lunch. And it's just like, bro, come on, we're trying, our food's getting cold. So so that's our joke now. It's like, no Baptist prayers today, which I love my brother. Don't worry. I went and visited him the other day because I got to see him in a long time. You know, we all pray differently. But you know what? It's not even about how you pray. It's about, God, you know their situation, and I know you want to touch them. Just touch them. It's not about how eloquent it is. I didn't even learn that word until I got out of high school. (laughs) It's not about any of that stuff. It's about this right here. God sees your heart for their situation, and that's what he's responding to. That's what he's responding to, guys. So you know what? Let's be rooted and grounded, and let's get to work, because there's people dying out there. There's people dying out there. Go back to the very first slide for me. You can't carry a cross in the world at the same time. Let it go. Listen, your job is not to fix everybody's problems. I know the problem solver, though. Just remember this. You know this? The smartest man in the world doesn't know everything. He knows where to get the answers. I learned that many years ago. The smartest man in the world doesn't know everything, but he knows where to get the answers. And with Google and Bing and all the rest of them, every answer you need is at your fingertips. But the thing is, is if it's not in here don't trust it. Because anybody can, can write on Wikipedia. Wikipedia is not a real encyclopedia. <laughs> Don't trust it as if it is. That's like saying I trust Fox News and CNN. So let me pray for you this morning. And I know they have some other things and I'm going to get out of their way. Huh? Sure. Yes, sir. Let me move this out of the way. Sure. Sure. Do I need my glasses? No, the microphone's right there for you.
2: Uh, Well, today is Pastor Appreciation Day. And and we have a pastor that we need to appreciate. And let's see, Wendy is here, so Wendy, you can come up here too. Um, (coughs) What a great message this morning. And... um, you know, last Sunday when when we asked y'all to walk out for a few minutes uh, at the end of service, uh, I told <coughs> the congregation before they left that we're not only to be in relationship with the Lord, but we're to be on mission with him too. And <coughs> certainly this message today spoke to that yes. and uh, appreciate what you had to say and Uh, I think (laughs) it's important that we realize on a regular basis that we're we're not just to be sitting on the pews, you know, there is work to be done, there is a cause, there is a mission that we're to be on, and uh, part of that mission certainly uh, involves having a pastor, having a shepherd, someone that we can look up to, someone that we can get insight from, somebody that we can get encouragement from. And uh, <coughs> so we wanted to show our appreciation to both of you and Roland, wherever he's at. Um, there, there he is, he's hiding. So, Nancy, would you bring those two bags up, please? Want to leave this up here, you need it? or No, I don't okay. need it. So what we asked uh, the congregation to do was to um, each get a a cord from their family and express their appreciation to you. So that's what's in these bags. And uh, (coughs) there might be a gift in there, there might be some other things in the cords that uh, y'all certainly can appreciate. And um, you know, when you, (coughs) the the scripture that pastor used this morning in, in Matthew about telling us to go into all the nations and make disciples is an important one because that's what Jesus was asking us to do. And a lot of times, uh, we pray and seek God for what it is He wants us to do with our lives and ask Him what our mission might be as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. And a lot of times, we may think we hear something from God that's important to us and certainly we should think about that but we also need to remember that our pastor is the shepherd. He's the one that probably hears some of the same things that you're hearing and can be a confirmation to what you hear. So what I would advise is that never be afraid to call pastor. Never be afraid to ask him about something that maybe you felt like God was speaking to you. Because that could very well be what your mission is. And (laughs) he might be the one that will confirm it for you. So as a pastor, he knows that that's part of what he's here to do. But you, as the sheep, as a member of the congregation, need to do your part and seek his counsel, seek his advice. And that may be a confirmation that truly that is your mission. And so think about that and, and be conscious of the fact that he's here for that reason too. Not just to come up here and preach on Sunday, but... You can talk to him during the week. You can give him a phone call. You can seek his counsel, too. He's the leader, and he's the one that we should go to when it comes to spiritual things. Amen? Amen. 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 So, again, Pastor, we appreciate you you and Wendy, and uh, if you all would step up here. And if everybody would stand and stretch your hands this way. <clears throat> we'll pray for Pastor and Wendy this and after, morning. After
1: dismiss us, after you pray too, that way we can go visit and do what we got to do.
2: All right. So, okay. Stretch yeah. your hands forth, <clears throat> Heavenly Father. We're so yes. thankful to have a pastor and his wife that leads our congregation, Lord, and we lift them up to you this morning. And ask that your hand of protection would be upon them, Lord, that you would continue to lead them and guide them, Lord, in all that you've called them to do. Lord, we ask that as you have placed them as shepherds over this flock, that you would continue to speak to them, not only regarding the things that they need to do in their lives, but that you would speak to them about the things that we need to do in our lives, too, Lord. And that you would give them Holy Ghost moments where you share with them specific things, where you share with them things that we need to be doing with our own lives, and that, Father, they would be obedient to speak those things to us. And, Lord, I thank you that you will continue to make their presence known in our community and that you would have them speak to people on the streets Lord that uh, maybe don't know them but Father by them speaking to you they will come to know you and Father I thank you that you will continue to anoint them as pastors of this church and that Lord you would again have them Be the pastors that you want them to be. Lord, we thank you for them. And we ask that you continue to lead and guide them in all that they do. In Jesus' name we pray. And, Father, Mm -hmm. for this congregation, Lord, we pray that you would be with us as we leave this place today. And, Father, we thank you for the word that you've given us. And, Lord, again. We don't only want to be in a relationship with you. We want to be on mission with you in all that you do. Father, may all that we think, say, and do be pleasing in your sight. Forgive us for our shortcomings. And bless us as we leave this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And, Pastor, we have one other gift that's actually from the whole church that we'd like to give you and Wendy right now. And we'd like you all to open it, too. I don't know who's supposed to do that, but oh, I was told who gets I to that part? figure out
1: how to get in it. I'll grab the box. All right. Grab that side. I know they, they don't want me to mess the bow up. I'm like, guys, we don't care. <laughs> That's a nice rip bow, it though. Open, rip it <laughs> yeah, oh, Trust me, I'm ripping. Don't worry. Yeah, I'm not reusing the paper, I promise you. Oh boy! Uh-oh! All right, who got their knife? Need a knife? Might. Hold on. Nope, I got it. All right, let me set this down for a second. Oh, that's cool. Took our photo. It was our last family photo before we got here. Yeah. Actually. I think that was the photograph we sent you guys. I
2: think it was, yeah. When when I paper. put together, uh, yeah, yeah, when
1: we did that. So this is the photograph yeah. I think they we sent. In the paper
2: that y'all were coming. So
1: yeah. there's more in it? No. Oh, okay. She's doing things. i don't like, is there more? Okay. Well, thank you guys. We love you. Thank you, brother. All right. Pastor Brother thank Chip. You. Thank
0: you.
1: <laughs> <us>. <laughs> I'm not I'm not forgetting about that. No, so this is we love you guys. Appreciate you so much, and all that y'all do for us as well. Like I said, it's truly family. You know, I, I know being at one church one time, we were there for 12 years, and, and never. it's like even the other pastors, like they never felt the connection there, the people. But this is home for us, and you guys are our family. <laughs> Amen. We love you. <laughs> and one more pastoral duty. Don't forget, uh, Brother Jose is out there somewhere. Uh, he's going to open up every night at 7 this week to pray. Uh, they wanted to do that this week. Me and Winnie are going to be out of town Monday and Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday. We have some business stuff to do with the district office. And so they're going to be here praying every night at 7 like we did before. But they're in charge of it. So uh, don't forget, we got revival coming up this weekend. Invite some people. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Thank you for your gifts. And your